back in for the final time in the regular season of 2021. What a long and winding road it has been. It's the Baseball Elite Podcast. Kyle Elfring and Ray Flowers with you. And as noted, Ray, it is the final Monday in September. It is the final week of the Major League Baseball regular season, which means for a few of us, the final week of the fantasy baseball season. And I got to say, it has been fun. It's been irritating. No doubt, you know, there have been moments where we've uh, sat here and thrown our hands in the air. But overall, 2021 uh, has reminded us again why we love this sport. Last year was kind of an abbreviated rush to the finish line. This year, we got back into the groove of things, I think. Yeah, and, you know, as we get into football here, really, uh, you and I are knee-deep in football. It kind of makes me wish it was the start of the baseball season. Oh, don't say that, Ray. Come on. It does. No, I mean, I I could use a break. Like, in a month and a half, I'll be missing it. But I could use a break right now. Well, I think think it's like you said. I think after last year and the, the mess... Like we all like to put it out of our minds, right? But last year was such a disaster. We didn't know if there was going to be a season. We didn't know if the world was going to end. I mean, it's, it was so nice to have mostly normalcy this year. Of course, there were all the ups and downs and all of that. And, you know, a lot of the, I know a lot of people's teams kind of fell out of it a while ago and they're pissed off, but, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the season tremendously. I'm glad we got a week left and I'm looking forward to the start of 2022. Here is the uh, starting nine for today. Speaking of Ray being excited for this final week, we're going to start with a a big industry league that Ray Flowers is coming down the stretch of, and he's sweating it out. We're going to talk about his team, talk about his odds. He's trying to win labor. So that's a biggie. So we'll we'll see where Ray stands going into the final week there. Uh, In the two hole, to follow up on what Ray's no doubt crunching this week, uh, Rob Povia's weekly planner is up at fantasyguru.com. Uh, we check it out every podcast, but we're going to move it up a bit for this week because uh, it could be a hugely critical week to follow the weekly planner. Um, in the three hole, we'll hit you with some news and notes. We'll have a player profile hitting cleanup, a guy who uh, normally is uh, around the cleanup spot. Giancarlo Stanton will get a little love today. Uh, in the five hole, we'll take a look at some second half surgers. Uh, We'll profile a few hitters who've taken off over the last three months. And then the six hole, we'll look at some pitchers who really have taken off in the second half of the season. Waiver wire wins from the Sirius XM host league in the seven hole random reference at eight and stamp of approval at nine. Ray, let us begin with that leadoff spot. And let's talk about the league of alternative baseball reality. This is um, the famous, uh, famous USA Today League. Um, this season, we didn't get to do it in person because of COVID. Uh, but usually every season, Ray, we're doing it in person. It's a lot of fun. Steve Gardner's kind of at the helm of this. Uh, there are mixed leagues. There are AL only leagues. There are auction leagues. There are draft leagues. This league has been going on for, you know, 30 years, I think now, or at least 20. Um, where are we at right now? What league are we talking about where you got a chance to win a title? It's a 15 team mixed league. Uh, and it was not an auction. It was just a straight draft. Uh, I've been in the NL and AL auctions for years. We've covered them on Sirius XM, but I uh, went to the mixed league, just traditional 15 team roto setup here. And uh, we got a barn burner here, Kyle, coming down to the final few days of the season. <laughs> I'd say, I mean, you sent me the standings. Um, hitting today, Monday, with you know the, the seven days to come. Ray, you got 105 points. Creative Sports, um, 105 points. Roto-Wire, 104 points. And I guess let's not forget about Ryan Bloomfield at 102 and a half and ESPN at 100. I don't know how likely it is for them to make up that kind of gap this week, but 
five teams within five points and all of them are sitting at hundred points again, 15 teamers. So it's a little easier to get to hundred points, but this has been a good race pretty well all season. Hasn't it? It's wild. Yeah, it really has. And it's so tough here. Cause I'm, you know, everyone's looking at their teams and they're trying to figure it out. And like, as we sit here and record this podcast, I'm trying to decide whether I start Freddie Peralta this week. Is he going <laughs> to, is he going to make, you know, he's got to start scheduled for the Dodgers. Is he going to make it? Are they going to throw him three innings? You know, it's like, I, it's wild to think that, you know, all these decisions that you make all season long are so impactful. I mean, if you look right now at the RBI column, I'm four RBIs ahead of the team behind me and I'm eight behind the team in front of me. I mean, that's in the run scored column. I'm two runs behind another point. I'm three runs behind two points. And this might be the most wild category of all of them. Remember, this is a 15-team league. Eight of the 15 teams, over half of the 15 teams, have 76, 77, 78, 79, or 80 victories. Five victories separate eight of the 15 teams, it's amazing how tight it can be when you look at, hey, it's been six months. Yeah. Damn close, Kyle. This probably comes down to Sunday, doesn't it? It might. Yeah, and, and I'll start with it. And hey, I'll admit, everybody says, what's the most boring thing to listen to other people talk about their fantasy team? Um, but we, we haven't done much of this. And again, it's the final week of the season and Ray's competing for a title. So I like to go through the thought process. And, you know, the first thing, Ray, I'll say is, can you get too deep in the weeds? Yes. Like, like I'm sure you started, when did you start looking at this week's schedule? Like last Thursday or Friday, probably? Uh, yeah, I, I did. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's a 15-team league. We have unlimited injured spot. Like, it's very difficult because, you know, I just spoke. There are eight teams within a handful of wins. It's like I'm trying to find someone that I think has got a legitimate chance to get a victory. I got to find a matchup. I like, I got to find a guy that's not going to blow up my ratios. I got to find a guy that I think he's actually going to get a, be allowed to throw five or six innings. It's, it's yeah. And you know, I've been looking at this thing like an hour every day. I, last night after we finished our show at nine o'clock Eastern on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio here on the West coast, after working a 14 and a half hour day, I spent like another hour last night looking at this so well, were you looking at the waiver wire where you try yeah. to decide if there's guys in a 15 team league ray i can't imagine there's many players worth adding but were you active last night leading into this final week i was um and it you know it was one of those things where i i, I tapped myself out right i went to the wall and, and at the end ran out the dollar we had 100 bucks spent all spent all 100 of it um with the, with a couple of moves i i went two dollars on drew rasmussen who has pitched fantastic. I'm hoping he's going to pitch five innings, get a victory against the Astros later this week. You know, so that, that, that was $2 spend. And then I, I spent $4 on, on get the, check this out. I tried to get Nick Gordon, but someone went sick. So I didn't get him. So my fallback option for some counting category help this week, Phil Goslin. Yeah, Kyle, that's where we're at. Phil hey, Goslin. Dude, dude's hitting cleanup for the angels. So he <laughs> and he's, you know, he's got nine RBIs and seven runs scored the last 12 games. So, you know, that's, that's where we're at a couple of bucks on him. So yeah, there was a, there were a good, let's see, 10 moves. Like a lot of people okay. were making those dollar moves here at the end, trying to get something the final week. Okay. So um, like I said, we're going to dig into this weekly setup. Like you got to like your lineup today. Yeah, it sucks. Yes. Okay, and, and there's like an early schedule on Monday. Like yes. there's a lot of games this afternoon. So this is an early lock, which, you know, as we sit and record this, Ray, I apologize. I'm probably screwing you over. Oh, I have you, time. You'd like to be looking at your team right now, I bet. How much of a nerd am I? I, I kind of woke up. At, it was 628 when I looked at my phone this morning and I'm like, 
Oh, just get up. So I, I, I've been working since 6.30 this morning because I was thinking about this. And I, I, so I actually spent some good time before the podcast looking at it, Kyle. Okay. Um, I'm guessing that are the major decisions on pitching this week. Like, is that is that yeah. where you're really struggling with things is like which pitchers are actually going to see work? Yeah, because I've, I, and I've got Bumgarner against the, the Giants. Don't like that matchup. I've got Gibson against Atlanta. Don't like that matchup. I've got Peralta against the Dodgers. And like I said, you know, of those three guys, the least likely, in my opinion, to throw six innings is Peralta. Because Gibson, who cares? Bumgarner, who cares? Like, there's no reason those guys... Let them loose. Right, yeah. So the question becomes, do I go with one of those two guys, one of those three guys, or do I do the following, which is hope that Trevor Rogers doesn't get shut down. They say they're not gonna, but, you know... Hope that Robbie Ray makes his final start against the, the Yankees and doesn't turn into Robbie Ray for one final start. Or hope that Shohei Otani makes his final outing as a hit pitcher. You know, would they would the Angel just say forget it to Otani? Very possibly. So that's, you know, and again, all these numbers are so close, especially that victory column. One start can literally make the difference. So do I go with a Gibson and a Bumgarner who I know we're going to pitch and take a shot there? Or do I go with guys that are more talented but who have questions about workload. You know, Robbie Ray would be a fairly easy call for me. I mean, he has been so good. He might win the AL Cy Young, and they're still competitive. I mean, they're, they're a game out, I think, mm-hmm. um, of the wild card. So they're going to need that game. Right. So I think you're safe there. Otani's really interesting, Ray. What did he throw, like 110 pitches a yesterday? Lot. Yeah. I, I mean, it, and we may touch on this later, but that is it just makes zero His sense usage to me. is all over the place, yeah. I, I don't know what – and I know it's good numbers and let him – gosh, maybe I should harden up. You know, I'm always saying how soft these teams are. Maybe I should appreciate that the Angels aren't. Uh, but it, it seemed silly. I, I don't know if that's a last hurrah for them, but I almost think they could skip his final start. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Rodgers, I mean, my God, Ray, he's over, he's like 100 innings higher than last season in innings, um, which is kind of dangerous considering last year was his rookie year. Um, so I don't know why the Marlins would send him out there. I... <laughs> I'm sure you've made your decision, but I, gosh, I might chance it with Gibson and Bumgarner, who doesn't sound like a great move, but I might make that move. I mean, Trevor Rogers might even make two starts. He could. Uh, well, then, uh, you know, almost zero. you have to roll the dice then. Yeah. And Get so up that, your buddy Craig Mish. See what he's yeah, uh, learning. right. Yeah, Craig. But see, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you look at this league and everyone's, my team is not different than listeners or other people in this league. Like the fact that I'm tied for first place and I only got half a season out of Ronald Acuna, I feel pretty good about, right? Cause that's my best player, you know, and last, you know, two weeks ago, I lost Michael Brantley. Well, crap. You know, that's now I'm starting Phil Goslin and Lane Thomas and Brandon Marsh in the outfield. Right. Cause it's like, I'm losing my guy. Now. And again, I'm not different. Everyone's dealing with that. I I'm more okay with, Hey, I lost Michael Brantley and I'm just going to go Lane Tom. You know, I'm okay with that. The pitching thing where you could get a zero that's, you know, and we got so much of the, and we always try to do this where we, cause this basically now is turned into head to head. This is what the, the final week is. It's head to head. And, you know, I hate head to head because it's not, it's not who has the best team. It's not, it's oh, not. Oh, any... no, this isn't head to head. It's basically right? head to head, Kyle. You've played, but you've set yourself up with the entire season. Now, this week, I guess, if you compartmentalize. That's what I meant. To... That's what I meant. Yeah. I mean, but there's so, like you said, it's so close. There's like a hundred different things happening every night. Yeah. that are going to adjust these standings. And and it is five teams competing. And and I for damn sure bet, Ray, some of these bottom feeders are going to screw things up for you guys at the top, aren't they? Very well, especially very well could. Yeah, I mean, that's, and, and again, everyone deals with this and it's, we haven't spent, like you said, much time talking about 
lineups or, or, or leagues we're in or anything like that. But I mean, you know, I, I, I look at that, that wins category, right. That I'm talking about, you know, Fangraphs is in 11th place and, and, and they're you know, right there. There are two wins ahead of everyone else. Right. And they're, they're lovely. Fred Zinke is tied with me in the win column. He's in ninth place. And he's not winning this league, but he's right there with me in the win column. So and I'm guessing Fred's still competing, probably. <laughs> he is, but interestingly enough, this is like the worst league I think Fred's ever done. He's in oh. ninth place. Yeah, it's Fred never, I mean, shockingly. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then you look at the saves column. There are five teams within two saves. There are six teams within three saves. And, and so, you're one of those teams, I got the saves. You're, you're famous for saying you don't care about saves, you don't mm-hmm. draft them. You don't like them. Maybe I shouldn't say you don't draft them. You don't like the category. You'll wait on closers. Who are your heroes in the saves category? And I should note, you probably don't have any because your numbers suck there, right? You're yes. you're, you're almost last. Well, this has been a punted column for you, right? It has, and I, I don't recommend punting, and I think it's pretty remarkable that I have a chance to win the league considering that's how it went. Now, it's, it's easier to punt a category when you have a deeper league, right? If you're in a 10-team league, no. If you're in a 15-team league, okay. But the real... I don't have a, I don't have anyone. And the, and the real reason, you know, how many saves do you have this year? 19. Okay. That's not as bad. I thought it would be like eight. <laughs> yeah. It's not good, but in, in the real killer here for me uh, in this category is I had Giovanni Gallegos for four months and you let him go. And I let him go because <laughs> I middle reliever. I'm looking at the categories. He's not getting saves. And I, what does he leave baseball and saves the last month? Yeah, he's got eight saves in like the last two and a half weeks. Yeah. So, and I, I'm looking at it right now. He's got 12 saves the last 30 days. So if I had kept Gallegos, he would have been in my lineup. Um, I would have had, let's see, at the saves category, as we're talking about, I would have had at least one more point, maybe two more points, depending upon how, you know, I would have had two more points. I'm only nine behind. So it's a shame you didn't realize that the Cardinals were going to go on a 16 game winning streak. Yeah. And Gallegos would be the closer. Yeah. Right? And to promote their 30 save guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So again, everyone deals with this. Um, but yeah, it's been fascinating. I'm, I'm having a mini ulcer because I just know how this goes. Like it, it's going to be, yeah, I just, I haven't felt good about this for about three weeks. <laughs> well, 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 have you been sitting at the top most of the year or how's this kind of work for you? I've been one or two for about, yeah, like two months. Okay. Like a long time. So I've been, it's been there. And there were, there was a time where I was up by like four points. There was a time where I fell two points behind like a week ago. Like it's, you know, it's been close here very recently, but I've been in the top three position for a long time. And so it's, uh, you know, I'm third in tout wars. I was in first in tout wars until about two and a half weeks ago. And then I fell to second and now I'm battling for second. I don't think I'm going to catch Alex Faust. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a chance there for a while. And, and that one kind of faded, uh, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, uh, hoping that it doesn't happen that way in labor. Yeah, have you? Uh, when was your last labor title? You've got never, one. Though. I never won a labor never title. Never had a labor title. No, I. Um, you remember this? I'm sure back years ago when we were in Arizona, we did the uh, NL auction, and I did the draft. And um, after the draft, I was castigated. Um, I was told by every person listening to the broadcast and every person on social media that it was not only a bad team that it was the worst team they'd ever seen. That happens with every draft you do, though, right? Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, And then with seven days left in the season, I was in first place. Uh, And I lost that one in the last week and finished second. So uh, I hope this isn't a repeat of that, Kyle. I don't want to finish second place in the final week of the season for the second time. Isn't the joy, though, you know, people say, oh, I love drafts. And and I know we all love drafts. But, Ray, I'm in, like, my home league. um, I'm currently in eighth place out of 15. But I think I can get as high as fifth. 
Um, and I'm like, I've been managing the hell out of the team the last two weeks, you know, yeah. trying to, trying to get that. And I've gained two spots in the last couple of weeks and I kind of, you know, I'm, I mean, who, who the hell did I pick? Oh, I'm picking up Mitch Keller for a start against the yeah. Cubs. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. What? <laughs> I swore off Mitch Keller. Here I am in the last week, picking him up for a start, but this managing at the end, I, I just love it. It's, and it happens in all sports. And I think the NBA is a lot like this too, because they get late in the season and guys are shut down and you're picking up bums in effect. Um, and, you know, they've got categories that can be close with like shooting percentage and all these things. But but the baseball at the end, Ray, it's like, this is the joy of it, isn't it? It's it's where you're, you know, you, you may wake up uh, a week from today and you're going to be, you know, famously Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton. Uh, they always like order a jersey of some no name who helped them win a title. Like right. next week, you're going to be ordering a jersey of Phil Goslin with the with the L.A. Angels if he comes through this week. Probably would. I probably really would. <laughs> uh, and it's it's funny too. I know we'll talk about it later. The Series XM Host League. I mean, you know, talking about what you're. I'm saying. trying to fend you off. In yeah, that <laughs> I told you I was going to catch you. We're trying. I'm trying. Um, but you look at that team, and it's like. You know, Nick Gordon, Gavin Lux, Dalton Varsho, Lane Thomas, Yoshi Satsugo. That's my lineup. These are the moves I'm making, trying to, you know, gain points and stands. I'm not going to win that league. I'm just trying to catch you. But, yeah, I, I think that, that that movement there and those little things, I, you know, you, I leaned on Abraham Toro for a while. Then it was, you know, Nick Solak here. And then it was Brandon Marsh there. Like, I, I like that. I do enjoy it too, Kyle. You're a week late on Gavin Lux, right? I know. Yeah, I, I got him last week in that home league because he was going to Colorado and it worked out perfectly. He was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> worked out really well. Now he's like home this week, so I don't I don't know. Uh, but it should be fun. I guess uh, next week, Ray, we'll see how things have uh, gone for you. But good luck. Thank you. Um, got to keep all these other big wigs behind you. Uh, we don't want the Rotowire guys or I guess creative sports. Is that Rick and, and Glenn or who is that for creative sports? No, creative sports. I'm trying to. Oh, it's Zach Steinhorn. Okay, yeah, Zach Steinhorn. So Zach Steinhorn's there. Yeah. And he got Bloomfield, ESPN.com. Is that a Tristan team? That's, Is that a Carabell? Stefania. Stefania Bell. Okay, Stefania Bell. Okay. Yeah. Fun, fun times here down yeah. the stretch. I love Jeff it. Jeff Erickson's wow. doing the, the uh, Rotowire team. Okay, awesome. Well, good luck with that. Thanks for taking us through some of your process. And, and speaking of that process, Ray, you know, every week, and, and as we move to the two hole here, and the starting line, we talk about Rob Povia's weekly highlights, and usually it's, you know, hitting sixth or seventh in the order, but I wanted to fast forward it uh, to the number two hole. Um, there, there's a lot of things in here, I think, for people like you uh, that, that they may want to follow. Rob updates it constantly. He even talks about the beginning of this week's article, how, you know, he's up in the middle of the night doing stuff because mm -hmm. this, this is the battle to, mm -hmm. to try and help you, you know, win a league. And we should know right off the top, Ray, pitching schedules are going to be all over the place this week. And yeah. You know, you're going to have to make the decision here on Monday morning and you're locked, you know, but for people who can make daily changes, I don't know if it's ever going to be settled over these next seven days. It's going to be tough. And I, I, the questions that are, we're getting in the chat room right now at Fantasy Guru, because we're still getting them, we're still answering them. Uh, the questions we're almost universally getting are who do I play today? Who do I pitch tomorrow? Like that's where we're at and it's totally understandable. And, uh, and I would tell people, and I, I've said this repeatedly, that, you know, I'm not trying to sell you another product, but EliteFantasy.com, that's what they're still doing, right? The DFS game, DFS, they're, they're doing yeah. the daily thing. And then secondarily, Rob is doing this every day. Like, Rob is getting in there. Rob is breaking it down. So, you know, if you don't want to do the Elite thing because you don't want to spend money, I get it. Read Rob's article. And, and we've said it over and over again. It's such a great piece. 
Yeah, and um, it's, we should know it's the same link, but he yep. just updates that yep. article each and every yep. day. He does. And, it, you know, he's adding red to let you know and all this kind of stuff. And it's every day. So if you've got a question about what to, to do, at least make sure you look at the article because, you know, he's doing the work to try to help you make those, those great decisions to help you win that championship. Toronto, uh, we talked about them earlier with Robbie Ray. They're playing for all the marbles. I mean, they've got huge matchups this week. You have to think all their players are going to be involved. That's some good news. Um, I saw Atlanta is set to face all righties right now, so Eddie Rosario might be worth a roll. Uh, Pittsburgh, Miami, Cleveland, KC, Detroit, those are all bad teams. I mean, nobody's excited about Pirates, Marlins, Indians, Royals, or Tigers. Um, awful teams, but they all have seven games this week. Uh, there could be, and, and this is worth checking out in everybody's league, Ray. Rob, Rob touches on this. There's a possibility of a game 163 yeah. mm-hmm. between Atlanta and Colorado. Um, and that, that would do with if Philadelphia caught the Braves and they have head-to-head games this week, so they could. But if Philadelphia ended up in a tie with Atlanta, Ray, um, Atlanta would maybe have to, and I say 163, I guess it would be the 162nd for Atlanta because they would have to play a game that has never been played. Uh, it was rained out between them and Colorado. And, and I only bring that up, Ray, because people need to make sure that game should count, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah now, now, some of these computer systems, you never know, because that game would take place on Monday. Some just have a dead season's over on Sunday, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but that would be 162 between Atlanta and Colorado that they'd have to play to see who maybe wins the NL East between the Braves and the Phillies. So that's probably something worth checking on Ray and, and maybe could be another edge for the Braves if they do have to play that game. And, and even the Rockies, you know, <laughs> lo and behold, you get an extra three, four at bats in some of these leagues that could make a difference. I was in the NFBC years ago and there was a game 163. I think it was the Tigers and the White Sox. If I remember right. And they actually opened up fab. I, if I remember correctly for that final week, right. To give the final game, the final, well, yeah, one yeah. game, but to give <laughs> the people the opportunity, right? Because, you know, people are still battling and stuff. Yeah, and I could be remembering that wrong it was 10 years ago, but I think that's what they did. I don't think even if teams or providers, excuse me, will allow you to play that final game, that they're going to allow you to run fab again, right? So it's most likely going to be you made the move last night, or you're in a league where the wave wire is open. That's different. Then you can still make moves, but. There, there certainly are scenarios where people are hearing us where they would be able to make moves for that final game. That final game should count if it does indeed happen. And it is certainly something to think about if you're if you have just, the, the, you know, set it and forget it one one time a week kind of thing. It could be the difference because, again, three at bats, you know, two innings. Of pit, I mean, it's stupid, but it could make a difference. And as of now, we have just one doubleheader this week. Um, and Ray, I looked it up and I did a quick count before the show. I believe the final number is 52 doubleheaders that we're going to have this year. Um, So that's 208 innings that have disappeared because, you know, we play seven innings and stuff. So at least 208 innings. Uh, That's 23 games of baseball that fans have been gypped from and fantasy owners have been gypped from. 28, 23 fewer games over the course of the season, right? Yeah. Because of all those double headers and that, you know, we're going into an off season where a lot of things are going to be discussed in baseball. And I just wonder what they're going to do with double headers. Like, like I've said at times this year, I think baseball and teams and players like seven inning double headers. I can't stand them, but I think because the powers that be and the people involved like it, I'm not going to be surprised if it sticks with us moving forward. Yeah, and I've been very strong about this, and I've changed my opinion since you know I first started thinking about this. 
it's abysmal. Like it, you can't, the NBA doesn't play three quarter games. The NHL doesn't play two period games. The NFL doesn't play three quarter games. That's what baseball's doing. You can't change the structure of the game. Can't do it. If that's the case, you don't play the games. I mean, think about that. Oh yeah. You know, in week 14, the, the chiefs are just going to play three quarters this, this week. Okay, cool. No one would be okay with that. Why are we okay with it in baseball? I, well, I, we're not asking the chiefs to play two games. In one well, day. You, I know, but you know what I'm saying? It's, you can't <laughs> change. And you know, part of the lost innings and the double headers. I mean, think about this too. In the history of the American league, which if I'm not mistaken was 1901, right, Kyle, the history of the American league. This is the first season ever that a pitcher didn't throw 200 innings ever. 120 years. First, and part of it's the seven inning crap. Part of it's the you know the bullpens and the way they're utilized. But this is not a game that you know. Your, I mean, your father does he recognize this game? Kyle? I mean, really? <laughs> yes, he recognizes the game. In fact, he's going to a game. I oh, think. good for him. On Thursday. But have you ever had a <laughs> he conversation? Still enjoys it. Have you ever had That's a, a nine inning game on Thursday? Oh well, there you go. Have you ever had a conversation with him about the seven inning? Uh, I don't think he's too distraught by it. Um, I, I figured out Ray that as you get older, you stop caring about things more. You just enjoy it. Uh, I'm getting. You know, don't get fired. You're going to find this Ray. Someday okay. you're going to reach a point where you don't get angry. Yeah. About I seem to go in the opposite direction. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, you don't have time. It's like uh-huh. if I really get to spend time complaining about this when I've got ten years left, you know, if I, if I really get to care, you're going to find this Ray. You'll stop caring about some of these items just a bit. I, I hope you're right. <laughs> well, and and it, my dad would probably say, "Here's the thing: we got 52 double headers, which is way more than ever before. I think maybe not. I, I you know, that we used to schedule double double headers when my dad was a kid. Right. Uh, we don't schedule double headers anymore, and I guess there has been seasons probably with more rescheduled double headers. But I can tell you this: my my dad is a baseball lifer, Ray. He probably just he'd take double headers anytime. You know, whether it's seven innings a game or nine innings a game, he's like two games in one day and I don't have to leave the seat, sign me up. Oh yeah. Well, you used to be able to go and watch nine inning games. You didn't have to pay for a second ticket. You didn't have to leave the stadium. I remember those days at candlestick. Yeah, that yeah. was, and that was like, our parents hated it. They didn't want to go. <laughs> you know, my bro and I were like, let's go. This is great. Well, let's see if I were your parents, Ray, I'd drop you off at three o'clock and I'd pick you up at 11 PM. We'll see. It's like babysitter for eight hours. Kyle, you couldn't do that at candlestick. We'd get murdered. <laughs> too many falls and such. I'm, I'm guessing. Or too many drunk people. I think yeah. that's the problem. <laughs> anyway, check out uh, Rob Povia's weekly planner. If you need some of that last minute advice each and every day, it's available at uh, fantasyguru.com moving to the three hole in our starting nine we'll hit you with some news and notes and right we, we touched on jose atani a lot of pitches yesterday uh we'll see how that goes we'll see if he's pitching this week um it sounds like noah Syndergaard, ray is, it, is he gonna pitch this week i mean i don't think anybody should really care because it's probably two innings but i guess we'll see him at some point this week for the mets yeah the <laughs> Syndergaard's gonna throw an inning out of the bullpen for whatever reason, I mean, you know, <laughs> at this point, so that stash will get you one inning. Yeah, and it, you know, I mean, and, and we, we, you and I talked about this a lot, right? And we can do it in a season retrospective another time. But we had the the back and forth about Severino, Sale, and Syndergaard. You know, these guys coming back from surgery. Do you draft them if you ha- have no aisle? Do you draft them if you have aisle? Two of them are, are abysmal fails. And and Sale has been great, but he had a setback, so he's not, not going to make double digit starts like that. That direction, even if you had the ability to use the aisle spot, and I did take Syndergaard in one league, abject failure. Like, just, a, you know, proof yet again that, you know, trusting pitchers is difficult. 
trusting pitchers coming off an injury is even more difficult and trusting a pitcher coming back from surgery is almost impossible. Yeah. Sales get to end up probably with a max of eight starts and probably a max of like 42 innings. Uh, they've been good innings, no doubt, but uh, when it's all said and done, um, it's, it's not a hugely impactful effort. It's fine. I mean, I'm not bad mouthing sale, but you know, it's, it's 40 innings to your bottom line. How many innings have people thrown? It's, you know, it doesn't make a huge difference. And some of you had to eat up a roster spots. Other of you didn't because the IL stopped. Uh, that kind of saved you with a guy like Chris Sale. A couple of other things uh, in terms of injuries. Brandon Belt might be worth following this uh, this week. He's set for x-rays today on his thumb. Uh, he left early in the game with Colorado yesterday. We'll see. I mean, they, they did an initial inspection, didn't see anything, but uh, he could have x-rays this week, and maybe that changes. Cody Bellinger is going to try to get back this week and be ready for the playoffs. I, I almost wonder to myself, right? We've talked about Bellinger yeah. in previous weeks, but I almost wondered to myself if the Dodgers would rather he just stay out of the way, you know, so they don't have to feel bad about not playing him in October. Yeah. I mean, we can all hope that he pulls a rabbit out of his hat, but there's not, I mean, nothing. This has been one of the worst seasons in the history of baseball for a player of his age, of his talent, and his expectation level. I mean, it's just been a disaster. And you can talk about injuries, and they have been there, but nothing has worked for him. And you're right. It, it's such a tough – because as much as the Dodgers have to win now, they can't crush the guy, so he tells them F off in the offseason. And, then, you know, he goes and, and, and pulls a uh, – what's the dude from – um the 76 or simmons who's just yeah, not, simmons yeah, yeah I'm, he just i'm not playing for you guys oh nice the team wants the i did you see the report the teammates wanted to fly out there reach to, out to me he's like i'm not even taking calls yeah like well, okay bro you know okay you're, you're getting you got 150 million coming your way and you're just bailing on your teammate okay i don't want a scenario like that to happen with with bellinger and the dodgers but yeah that's it's a great question kyle because he he you gotta play him right you can't just use him as a pinch hitter but ugh. I don't know. I think they might. I, I really think he's in October, Ray. They just they, you can't have that guy out there when the games matter. Like true. And I know games have mattered all year, but he's just been too bad. It's not right. like you can say, oh, he's only played 35 games. Right. this year. Right. You know, it's just like move on. And, you know, he could have still a big moment in the postseason as a pitch hitter from the left hand side. You know, he's, he could run into a ball. He certainly yeah, has sure. a talent like mm-hmm. you noted. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, it's a very. What a mess because they have to balance the future with right now. And you're you right. You have to tell them, hey, dude, we're not going to start you. Yeah. You're still and, our and guy. Maybe you're back. Hey, you can win the job in spring yep. training. Maybe we trade you, but we're not starting you in October. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Wander Franco, right? The on base streak is up to 41. And there were some numbers I saw over the weekend about like, gosh, I should have written it down. You probably have seen it, but the, the number of swings and misses or, you yeah, know, I the, the guy one. is pretty incredible in today's baseball and considering how young he is he puts the ball in play and he's extremely patient his his strike zone management is out of this world for where he's at in terms of the birth certificate it's insane with franco yeah i mean it really is um swinging strike rate of seven percent i mean that's <laughs> that's really good uh, his chase rate's 31 percent. again another good number um he has been really good and he has been extremely consistent, which is not something you see out of young players. And he's 20 years old like this. He is one of the few rookies that has come up and has lived up to expectations. So and it many, was it was rough for like three weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then he just tore it up after that. He did. Now, if we fast forward it a little bit, it's really interesting. And I'm, I'm seeing this. Oh, he's going to be an early round pick next year. Just 
you know, he's got two steals and seven home runs. Mm-hmm. He's Michael Brantley, which is great. But Michael Brantley's a 16th round pick. Why would Wander Franco be a fifth round pick? Well, it's almost like they're looking at Wander Franco, Ray, and they want to turn him into Jose Ramirez overnight. Yeah. That's that's kind of the vibe I get with Wander Franco. And right. not that they're the same players, but you're really expecting him to take a leap in year number two. He, I, I think, the hot, Ray, it'll be like Vlad. Mm-hmm. You know, Vlad was even coming off bad seasons. He was still a first five round pick, you know? Right. I, I think Franco's probably assured of being a second or third. I, I can't imagine getting into the first, but I bet people will be more than willing to jump in on the second. And, and the third, they'll probably think they're getting a value. Yeah, and it, it's I don't understand that at all. Exit velocity is 88 miles an hour. It's league average. Barrel rate's 5%, league average. Hard hit rate's 38%, league average. 10% launch angle, league average. Like, And again, two steals and seven home runs. Well, whoopie do. He's Michael Brantley which for a 20 year old is amazing, but has anyone ever gotten jazzed about Michael Brett? I don't. So you do. Be, well, I do because of the cost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because everyone else just sits there and lets me take him and pick 148. but I, I'll be very interested to see. Cause I think you're right. We're, we're seeing all this excitement and everything. And people apparently are very comfortable drafting, even guys that are doing very well for their age. They're, they're comfortable drafting young players expecting the ceiling. And as great as he's been, if he does a full season of what he did this year, the ceiling is Michael Brantley. Uh, Tampa going to wrap up that ALE's title here. Um, well, they have already, but uh, they're going to go in as the one seed. Although I think Houston, wait, Houston's not too far back, and the Astros are playing the Rays. There might be a shot for Houston to, to sneak away, but Tampa looking good for October. Meanwhile, as we go to the number four spot in our starting line, let's talk about a team that, really isn't chasing Tampa anymore, but they're certainly chasing a playoff spot. They had a huge weekend, a big sweep by the New York Yankees against the Boston Red Sox. And Ray, as we go to a player profile, I thought we could talk about uh, one of our evergreens uh, here, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who we haven't talked about him much this season, but he had a huge weekend. I think it was three homers, 10 ribbies Mm -hmm. as the Yankees picked up that sweep. And uh, lo and behold, Ray, uh, we're probably going to get close to 140 games out of John Carlos Stanton, big improvement over what we've seen the previous two years, probably going to get 35 homers and close to hundred ribbies. Um, now the runs scored are really low for Stanton, like super low uh, batting average is solid. Uh, but overall, Ray, when you look at Stanton in his age 31 season, I know he's a guy that you never embrace. Um, he's a guy that you say, Hey folks, you're overrating him. Uh, this probably goes down as a good Stanton year. When it's all said and done, Ray, you get 140 games out of Stanton, you get your home runs, you get your ribbies. I guess you call that a win for the Stanton owners. And he's played 25 games in the outfield, so he'll actually qualify to position. Like yeah, that's a plus. So, yeah. uh, now, we need to get him to stop beating up his teammates. He hurt Glaber Torres' neck, had to get checked <laughs> out by the doctor because Stanton's a moron. Um, and I just, I just love that all you hear, and it's true, all you hear is he hits the ball harder than everyone. Great. That's, that's great. That is great. But there's a lot more to hitting than hitting a baseball hard. And for the most part, as we have discussed over and over again, it's a 50-50 proposition if he plays enough for it to matter. And this year, he has played enough for it to matter. It's extremely uh, back-end heavy. He wasn't very good to start the year. Uh, it is amazing that he's going to be, you know, 135 games played, and he's going to have scored, what, 25 runs when he didn't hit a home run? Like, just remarkable. He's a statue on the bases. Um, but, yeah, it's a win. It absolutely is a win. Um, and, and next year we'll have to. As is he we a, you think he'll be a top 20 outfielder next year? 
Probably is, isn't he? Well, see, like, will I want to draft in there? I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that the fantasy industry won't because again, the, the season was good this year. And just to dig the knife in a little bit, his current OPS, by the way, is lower than it was the last two years. Just to you know, mm-hmm. throw it out there. It's very close. It's a handful of points. But He's hitting a lot of home runs. His, his, you know, everything else is like the doubles are kind of embarrassingly low. Like, Ray, I wonder how many guys, I might try to look this up. How many guys have twice as many homers as doubles? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's a few out there, no right. doubt. But um, that, that's one thing that kind of leaps out at me when we talk about power mm-hmm. is, is how few doubles he has compared to home runs. Like, hey, I, here's one right here. Sal Perez. Sal Perez has fewer than half as many doubles as home runs. 46 homers, 21 doubles. So there, there's a few of these guys out there. Adam Duvall. Uh, Joey Gallo, but these are the guys we're talking about, Ray, guys <laughs> who have a ton of swing and miss in their game. Yes, Stanton actually has the best strikeout rate in four years, which, you know, 27% rate you will take from him. Um, again, he's got 27 runs scored when he doesn't hit a home run with a 359 on base percentage. Hmm. He, he, he runs in cement. He's Yadier Molina. Like it's Bat. he's really he just clogs up the bases i love his speed score 0. 0.6 oh gosh <laughs> um he's just so it's station to station with him that he's you know they're constantly worried about they probably tell him not to stretch things kyle to you know say oh, and, and people so let me say, ray people may be saying why is he complaining about runs scored mm-hmm. honestly for john carlos stanton that's a pretty important category yeah because he's not getting you any stolen bases he just isn't yep. that runs scored and he's been up over a hundred um, a few times in his, or at least twice in his career, you know, with the Yankees, this is a guy you expect a hundred runs scored. Mm-hmm. He's nowhere close to it. And I know that says a lot about the lineup too, but you know, when you're getting on a three sixty clip, you should have more runs scored. And that's a category Ray, where you'd, you'd like to, like, if you told me he was going to have 35 and a hundred, mm-hmm. you know, 35 homers, hundred rubies, I would have said, well, he's going to have 90 runs scored and he's going to miss that by 30 runs or so this year. Yeah. And it's, it's really it's really bad because if you look at his career, I mean, when he's played 135 games, he's never scored fewer than 79 runs. He's got 61 right now. Like that's a, what's that the 30% drop? Like it's a massive drop. And we were talking earlier about the labor league and talking about, you know, handful of runs separating points in the standings, you know, he, he, he losing 15 runs from where he legitimately just has to be could cost you two or three points in the standings. Just that one guy. Cause you're always playing stand and he's always in your line. You know, it's like, yeah, it's really, it's really something that has to be factored in because we also have to look at, again, the, the outlay of the 135 games played. And as you noted, he's in his 30s now. And like, I can't profile him to play more than 135 games. So it's not like he can play. I'm going to look at him and legitimately think he's playing 150 games and that'll get him an extra 10 run score just because of volume. It's, it's bad. Yeah, it, you know, 277 average is totally fine, but zero steals and 61 runs scored. Yeah. And as you noted, uh, it's kind of been back-ended. I think since the All-Star break, Giancarlo Stanton has 19 homers. It's a huge number. Now, to put it in perspective, we all heard about Sal Perez. He's got 25. Teoscar Hernandez has 20. Stanton, again, sitting with 19, 51 ribbies. He's hit 284. So it's been a good second half for Giancarlo Stanton. That leads us to the five spot in our starting nine. Ray, I thought we'd uh, at least mention a few guys who have uh, carried people maybe to the finish line or carried them up the standings in the second half. Uh, some guys who've surged in the second half. And, you know, I'm not going to necessarily point out the guys we've all heard of, like Vlad Guerrero or Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, these kind of guys. But 
some other guys who've just had a really good two and a half months and two of them are in the NL central Ray and they're old dudes that um, I don't know if they were left for dead <laughs> this year, but nobody got jazzed about drafting them. And there were certainly points this year where people were kind of tired of them, but Joey Votto and Paul Goldschmidt um, have kind of had a renaissance really for the entire season. Both guys looking really good. I think Votto's is maybe most surprising, uh, but Goldschmidt and Votto have been red hot here in the last two and a half months. Yeah. And uh, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, fascinating. He's uh, my first baseman in labor. And for a while there is his counting category, excuse me, not in labor in. Um, oh shit. Tout Wars. FSGA, Tout oh. Wars. One of the, I, I'm trying, I'll think of it as we're talking here. Um, but he, oh, it's in the Sirius XM host league. There it is. Kyle. Okay. Um, he, you know, he was doing very well, but you know, his on-base percentage wasn't very good. And, you know, the numbers were just kind of there. And then boy, did he catch fire? Like you said, and he's just been bananas. I mean, the last month, his OPS is 1100. He's got 10 home runs. He scored. Here's a guy, 29 runs in 29 games. The last 29 games played, he scored almost half as many runs as Stan has all season. Take out the skills. 12 steals this year. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, you know, that is a a part of his game that used to set him apart from others. Right. Uh, And then it kind of faded a little bit and we didn't really look at him. We thought, oh, maybe three to five steals. Well, yeah, like you said, boom, there it is. And so he has been tremendous. And I, I, you know, I took a little bit of flack for the way I I rated him. I think I had him like fifth or something fourth when the season began because it looked kind of boring, but he's lived up to those expectations. The Votto one is, is the most intriguing to me because you know, he talked about changing his swing and he wanted to do things different. He was going to try to lift the ball. And we all said, yeah, okay, Joey. Okay. You know, you're pretty good. And you'll, you'll be better than you were last year. Like, okay. And if you're my corner infield option, you know, okay. You know, the batted ball data was pretty good from you last year and okay, fine. But holy cow, like he's never hit the ball harder ever in his career. He's never, he's never had a higher barrel rate or a higher hard hit rate. He did increase his launch angle. Like he did everything he said he would do. And you look up and you see 33 home runs and 92 RBIs for him, Kyle. I mean, that's, I'm not going to say it's league winning season for him, but given the expectations on draft day, it's pretty close. I wonder how much credit they'll get going into next year for what they did. Cause they're still Ray, They're, they're still fighting age, you yeah, know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, they should be top six first basements based off just these numbers. Like if you took the name away. And just through the numbers out there, they would be, oh, that's one of the top five or six first basemen in baseball. But I don't think they're going to be drafted there at all. It's amazing because Votto is still holding on. It's been a rough couple of years in the batting average category, but he's still for his career is hitting 300 with a 400 on base percentage and a 500 slugging percentage. That's Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You know, in his 936 OPS this year, 936 is one point off his career mark. Okay. And, and remember, this guy used to be hitting 320, 330. Like his game is different now than it used to be. But a 936 OPS is, again, that's Hall of Fame level production. And it will be interesting because he's 38 right now and he, and he doesn't run. Um, so obviously he's going to be behind Goldschmidt next year, I think, for everyone. But he certainly, he'll probably be 10 spots higher, 12 spots higher than he was for most people ranked in 2021. You know, some other hitters who've had a second half surge. Uh, Ty France has rejuvenated himself he started out good then got injured and came back and didn't hit he's had a great second half uh cj crone jorge polanco is doing really good things in minnesota but as usual nobody really pays attention to it in minnesota and the twins have had a bad year so polanco has been overlooked and and ray the braves have had a great year austin riley i feel has kind of been overlooked and I think everybody's writing their 
oh, sorry about Austin Riley. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's a one-year run, but it's like almost MVP-like. There, I, I was reading an article over the weekend, Ray, kind of making a comparison between Riley and Freeman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not all that different, really, you know, what they've done this season. It's kind of silly to think, but Austin Riley was a guy who we thought was a lot more um slugger yeah more joey joey gallo than we or john carlos stanton in the best days we thought that's what he'd be and he's become like a a stud he's he's really helped that braves offense and has become a fantasy asset this year and i think coming into year everybody said oh you know he'll have moments but he'll kill you overall he's done nothing of the sort yeah i think that uh, john carlos stanton comp was very accurate And, and when we saw you remember this we saw riley come up and he did the Trevor story. He was insane for like two weeks. And I was like, whoa, everyone back off this. The guy doesn't make any contact. And he went in a tailspin in 2019 and he had a 36% strikeout rate and eventually stunk. He was awful. Then in 2020, he made some adjustments, huge adjustments in the contact category. And we talk about this a lot, right? Like, let's look foundationally before we dive in deep. Look at a guy's strikeout rate. Strikeout rate went from 36 to 24%. It's a 50% improvement. And with his power and his overall game, if he could stay at that level, you know, it was only 51 games, right? If he could stay at that level, we got something. Well, he stayed at that level. It's 25% this year. So he's making a lot more contact. So it's not surprising his batting average improved from last year. But a 65-point jump? Like hmm. that, no one, no one ever thought Austin Riley, even the most you know, supportive scout ever said that guy's going to hit 300 with 30 home runs. It was that he's going to hit 275 with 40 home runs if it all works. This year, he's got a chance to finish the season at 330-100, which is a massive season. And like you said, it sounds kind of dumb to say, oh, him and Freeman. Yeah, okay. But really, it's not that crazy when you look at the numbers. (laughs) Yeah, uh, he leads baseball, at least the National League, in games played to 154 going into the last week. So Austin Riley becoming a full-blown star. Now in the sixth hole here, let's talk about the second-half surgers on the mound. and. I know uh, we've mentioned it before. A lot of people brought up Adam Wainwright's been insane, but Ray, there are some other guys like Marco Gonzalez. I didn't realize how good he had been here in the second half and until I pulled it up and started looking at the numbers. And, you know, he's still Marco Gonzalez. It's not like this guy's striking out, you know, nine and a half batters per nine, but <laughs> nine and O with a two seven ERA and a whip that is below one. I mean, that's like, the people picked him up off the waiver wire, Ray, and he's been a total stud down the stretch. A 2019 breakout pitcher of the year. Woo! Uh, <laughs> he um, and he last year was fantastic, right? He literally, he was even better. I mean, he, he last year looked like the guy in the second half this year. So if you put that together, we have a guy who's a top five or six Cy Young vote getter. Like really? Now the issue is that, like you said, the strikeout rate is non-existent. You know, an 18% strikeout rate this year is about 5% below the league average. And, you know, even if he's throwing consistent innings and all that, you can't be giving up 40, 50 strikeouts to other starting pitchers, especially if you're in a league where you only set your lineup once. If you can do it daily and you can slot a reliever in, okay. But, you know, 140 strikeouts from one of your top pitchers who's throwing 185 innings, it's just not, doesn't work. But he has been tremendous. And there's always that trepidation with him because a, he doesn't miss bats and B there are a lot of fly balls. And that's something that, you know, he used to be a ground ball pitcher. He changed things up a little bit. Now the ball gets in the air an awful lot. And you know, his fly ball rate has the last four years has been 30%, 38%, 
41%, and this year, 48%. He is not going to be successful if it stays yeah. at 48%. Well, and, and to, to draw that out further, Ray, a lot of those fly balls have ended up on the, over the wall, even in this good run. And right. I, was, I was looking, he's given up 14 homers in the second half. Now, to put that in perspective, there are only 13 pitchers in all of baseball. This is just the second half, 13 guys who've given up 14 homers. And Ray, I mentioned Gonzalez. His ERA in this span is two six eight. Yeah. The other ERAs of these pitchers who've given up fourteen homers: Taiwan Walker seven seven four, uh, Patrick Corbin six five nine, Zach Davies eight one three, Yu Darvish six two eight, Eric Fetty five nine one, Kobe Allard seven five eight. I mean, all these guys have ERAs like in the six seven eight range, and Marco Gonzalez has given up just as many under three, like two seven is it. It's good, but it doesn't change who Marco Gonzalez will be next season. He still won't have any love. Yeah. And, you know, you look at like his XFIP, which is a number that basically normalizes for fly ball rates. And his XFIP in the second half, Kyle, is 5.2, which right along the other guys you mentioned, it's double his actual ERA. And so he's one of those guys, obviously, will spend time in the offseason breaking down and everything at Fantasy Guru. But um, he has had everything go right. Okay. And he's a talented guy. Again, we saw it last year. We saw it at times the year before, like this can happen with him when he's locked in and he's making his pitches, he can have a lot of success, but the lack of strikeouts and the potential for blow up efforts. Okay. Which we saw even this year, right? Blow up efforts, which then caused you to chuck him to the waiver wire because you're like, I can't stand this guy's getting six and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Then he has three great starts before anyone notices that he's great. Then someone says, what the hell I'll stream him." Then they get five straight outings where he's terrific. Then they get a blow up effort. Then they drop. I mean, it's just, you know, no one's starting him every time he's making a start. He's kind of that perfect wave wire addition at some point in season. Yeah. I mentioned that Gonzalez. I was kind of surprised when I look at the numbers, Cal Quantrill too, Ray, I, you know, Cleveland's been left for dead and they lost Bieber and police acts kind of hit the skids a bit. And there hasn't been as much excitement with them. Ray, he is totally gone unmentioned as a guy in the second half. And I, I bet going into next year, Ray, he's going to become the industry's darling of like a breakout guy. Mm-hmm. He's got that Cleveland thing with him. Mm-hmm. You know, Cleveland always knows how to develop pitching. He, he did have some pedigree. He was part of San Diego, Was came, came over in the trade for Clevenger. And Ray, they, they really couldn't find a role for him early on. They didn't know if they wanted him the bullpen or starting. Now they've been forced to start him. And at six wins and a one seven six ERA, a one whip, strikeouts are, are not great, but they're solid. I kind of feel like Quantrill is going to be one of those darlings next year. Yeah. I heard Nick Polak and um, DVR uh, do a podcast recently. Uh, shout out to the athletic. It was a good podcast. And they were talking about pitching. And one of the guys they talked about was Quantrill and they echoed my thoughts on the matter too, is that I'm out. I'm not, I'm not paying the price. And they echoed your opinion that the industry, like people are going to be like, yeah, it's just no. I mean, full marks and full credit to Quantrill for doing the impossible, which is transitioning from the bullpen to the starting pitching in season. Like we've seen a couple guys do that this year. It's Ranger Suarez. It's really hard to do. He's done it and he's done it apparently in an excellent manner. But I look deeper than the surface stuff with Quantrill and I'm just not seeing it. Like I'm not seeing what he's, he's more Marco Gonzalez than a top 25 starting pitcher. And I think that he's going to be more of a top 25 starting pitcher when we look at ADP next year. Mm. Uh, throw out a couple of relievers, Rossell Iglesias and Scott Barlow doing some good things. Um, Iglesias, Ray, same guy next year, mm-hmm. you know, same guy. Scott Barlow is 
should we care? I guess well, it's going to have to, we'll have to find out what his role is, but can't complain with the numbers in the second. No. Round. And by the way, I've gotten this question a couple of times. You can't say Barlow, the reliever. There's two. Joe Barlow is another one. <laughs> I've run into that problem a couple of times. Um, Scott Barlow's, I mean, he's got a really nice arm. And, you know, the, the problem that I have, and it's probably the same problem that listeners and you have, is it's the Royals. The Royals had, you know, four to five, six different guys closed this. I mean, they didn't, they didn't have a plan this year. Um, and it, it took all this time for them to establish Barlow as the guy. And uh, he didn't, you know, pitch appreciably different this year than he has previously. And they never used him in the ninth innings. I don't know. I mean, I think it was, he was a great waiver wire ad, you know, and I think he saved a lot of people there, but I'm not sure that we should be any more excited about him now than we were six months ago. So those are a few guys. And, and honestly, as we get, uh, you know, into the, the postseason, season, uh, we'll probably have a few more podcasts and we'll be able to dig in on so many of these other items, but wanted to give a little love to guys who maybe have gotten you to the point of uh, looking at a title this week. Uh, quickly, Ray, in the seven-hole waiver wire wins in our host league, we mentioned you and I are uh, battling, and you've got money, so you were able to add guys. And let's see, Nick Gordon, Gavin Lux, Lane Thomas, Kiebert Ruiz, um, are all these guys going into your starting lineup? Do I have to worry about these guys this week? Yep, you sure do. Um, yeah. in, this, in this league, we can change lineups on a daily basis, um, so we have a, much more maneuverability. Um, I actually did something that I don't recommend, but it's the last week of the season. I now have three catchers, so I can maximize every at-bat there. One of them is Dalton Varsho, who I can use in the outfield too. So and before you, you snicker Dalton Varsho, Dalton Varsho's been pretty good. You know, he's got uh, 10 runs, 11 RBIs, hitting 300 the last month. Um, yeah, but so I've given myself a lot of um, movability. I've got multi-position guys all over the place. I'm just looking to maximize at-bats there, Kyle, and – you know, speaking of Joe Barlow, he's now part of my team. Yeah, there it is. Um, and in this league, I'll probably go with the Madison Bumgarner start. I'll probably go with the Drew Rasmussen start that we were talking about for the Labor League as well. Shane Baz went for 379 bucks yesterday in the yeah. Wire. I, I think Shane Halterman, who got him, uh, had 379 yeah. so he said, I'm going to zero things out. So that's right. But man, Shane Baz, uh, you talk about a guy who in the last two, three weeks, Ray has certainly uh, garnered attention. That is Shane Baz of the Rays. Yeah. I'm trying to make up ground in the, in the, the uh, saves category. So I actually had a bid on, on Baz that was $3. That's all the money I had left. I kind of don't like the 379. I think, you know, not taking a shot, but don't make it look like you were paying attention all season long by spinning. <laughs> Cause you know, no one was going to spend that much. So um, but yeah, I mean, he, it's a tough matchup. It's against the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. So it's, but he's looked absolutely spectacular in the two starts and he was well worth addition this week. I am that, that home league I was talking about earlier. I picked up both Baz and Joe Ryan and they've, they've really helped me. Oh, absolutely. They've been really good. Yes. Now I got to sit here and worry about Joe Ryan making a start this week. I, know, Although that's... I, thought I saw maybe he's due Tuesday, but I I've seen both on him. I, I guess I got to hit up uh, Rob Povey's article to see exactly when we're going to get yeah. the next Joe Ryan. There start. was a chance he could maybe even make two. He could sneak in that last day and then the, you know, the leave. And yeah, he, he went from someone in the fab article. He was, at, he was on the top of the list. Cause someone sent me a question. I'm like, how is he still available? And I looked around, I'm like, well, yeah. He went from the top of the list down toward the bottom because it's like, I don't just, I don't know. I mean, it's possible he doesn't make another start. So fingers crossed there. Let's go to the eighth spot in the order. It's time for the random reference via baseballreference.com. And our random page today, one click and we got a player. Um, and, and hopefully Ray will remember this guy. I think he will. Ray usually remembers all these guys. Catcher Joe Oliver, mm. uh, Cincinnati. It's kind of, he, he was on that uh, World Series team with the Reds that defeated Oakland, Joe Oliver. 
who Ray was your typical journeyman catcher. A good one. He lasted over 10 years. He played 13 years in the majors, multiple seasons of over 100 games, um, even some halfway decent hitting seasons. But I I bet there are pitchers out there, Ray, who said, oh, the best guy ever threw to was Joe (laughs) Oliver because he always found a job. He always landed somewhere and was catching for some team. Yeah. And I mean, for his career, like you said, he played a thousand games, which, you know, that's that's saying something, especially when you're a catcher and it's, it's hard work. And as you noted, there were many seasons where he was the lead catcher for his team. Uh, his slash line looked very Joe, Joe, uh, Joe, uh, Mike Zanino, like actually uh, before this season, at least for Zanino, you know, 247 average, which is a little high for Zanino, but 299 on base percentage, 391 slugging. He had his moments. Um, he was never, I, I mean, I, I guess if you were playing fantasy back in 93, you would have used him, right? <laughs> Yeah, fourteen seventy-five. He was a young catcher with the Reds. Yeah. They were a good team back yeah, then, you know. But uh, boy, was that two seventy-two batting average as a rookie misleading? Uh, it was not. No, he was. But that's a long career. You, know, you look at it; it's it's amazing. The Reds, Seattle, Pittsburgh, the Yankees, the Tigers, the Red Sox, the Brewers. That guy uh, loved playing baseball, Kyle, and he did it for a lot of teams for a long period of time. And again, he was a part of the nineteen ninety uh, championship team. He was the youngest starter on that team. Uh, that was a team. I mean, that's a pretty remarkable team. You look at all of those guys, the normal starting eight for the Reds in 1990, every single one of them was under the age of 30 entering the year. So Joe Oliver, Todd Benzinger, Mariano Duncan, Barry Larkin, Chris Sabo, Billy Hatcher, Eric Davis, and Paul O'Neill. Ray, pretty remarkable. All of them very, very young when they won that title. They were in, in the, you know, you tend to, and Jeff Mann says this all the time, uh, you know, team does well when they're young and you're like, here comes the dynasty. It's so hard to do, especially uh-huh. nowadays with all the player movement and everything. It's so hard to do. Uh, interesting with that team, by the way, too, Eric Davis was, uh, didn't play a full season and he was uh, only stole 21 bases, which is low for him, but 21 for him, 30, 30 for Hatcher, 25 for Chris Sabo, 30 for Barry Larkin. It was a different era, Kyle. And I always remember Davis, you know, he, he still had an injury, Ray. I remember in that, Gosh, it was in the World Series, wasn't it? He, he dove for a ball and injured his kidneys. Kidney, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like you never see that. Yep. But I remember that to this day. I mean, we're talking 30 years, but dove for a ball and injured his kidneys. And and I don't recall that. <laughs> I'm sure the injuries happened since, uh, but it doesn't seem like it pops up very often. Spleen for David Dahl was a similar yeah. kind of scenario, I think. But yeah, it never happens. Absolutely. Stamp of approval time. We like to send you out the door with something that has made us happy over the last week. So, Ray, what has made you happy over the last week? Yeah, as much as I bitched about, you know, on my teams and uh, I love the extended run of baseball. I mean, you know, it's like even if my team in labor or whatever doesn't win, it's like I just I appreciate it. You know, and I think in fantasy football, we don't play the last week of the season. You and I tell everyone they should. No one does. You know, sometimes there's only two teams left with two weeks left in the season. You know, it's like baseball, you go from the start to the finish. And for Mm me, uh, it's a lot of fun, even when you're not winning, as we discussed earlier in the podcast today, even when you're not winning the league, you and I are battling for sixth place. Like just that. I just love the extended run that we get in baseball that we don't in some other sports. Uh, For me, and this is going to be very specific and uh, 98% of you will never need this information ever again. But I, I touched on this with Ray over the weekend when we were doing our serious show, but uh, took a, a fall festival trip to a little town called Washington, Missouri, which is on the banks of the Missouri River, uh, probably about 45 minutes, uh, what would be southwest, probably more west than south of St. Louis. And Washington, Missouri is a very, very old German town settled back in the 1800s or so. But um, 
beautiful. It's always been there, obviously, but I've never really taken the time to visit it. And the festival was fun, but their downtown was was really nice. Farmer's market, all that good stuff. They had all the blocks closed off for festivals with, you know, all sorts of carvings and, you know, antique kind of things. And it was a fun, fun time. You can take the Amtrak there. So we did that. It was a good time. But Ray, again, I don't think it applies to anybody, but if you ever find yourself um, on Interstate 44 heading west from St. Louis and you see the sign for Washington, Missouri, if you got some time, head to the riverfront. It's beautiful. It was nice. It's unique. It's Midwestern at its best. It, it came through this week and we had a great time there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of those quiet or smaller moments like that. Yeah, there's only like 15,000 people. Yeah. In well, I meant, I meant, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I meant more of like you and your wife and your kid, like that kind of thing. You know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go to Hawaii. You don't have to travel to, you know, Belize. Oh, I would have rather gone to Hawaii. Oh, don't you would. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I misread that entire situation. Yeah. Never mind. It was good. We were there for like five hours. It was a blast. I'm not recommending people go there for a week. Okay. Okay. Not nothing like that. Unless you want to hit up wineries and, you know, eat a lot of pork steaks or something, you know, or a lot of fried pork food. Then, then, yeah. That's probably not a thing outside of the Midwest. In fact, I know it isn't a thing outside of the Midwest. Anyway, that's our stamp of approval for today. Um, Ray, as we conclude things, where can the uh, folks find you? Uh, they can find me obviously in the chat room at fantasy guru. I'm still there. Um, doing what I can to assist people check out uh, Rob Povia's great article. He's updates it all week too, for advice there. Uh, you can find Kyle and I, doing our football thing on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. I'm on with Mans on third, on Wednesdays from 4 to 6 Eastern on his Elite Sports Show. Uh, you're doing the all the live stream stuff still, Kyle, covering baseball, football, and, and other things, I assume. Yeah, doing even a little soccer in there from time to time. Uh, we get some UFC, uh, NHL, and NBA are starting up here in a bit, so I would suspect we'll uh, continue those into October and um, I know we consider uh, the DFS world part of it's in play come the postseason. So uh, even some DFS major league stuff as we go through the year. And uh, let's see, that starts pretty well every day at 530 Eastern. It kind of messes around a little with the schedule. I think Thursdays we go about 30 minutes earlier because we have a football live stream. But if you're looking for some DFS hope and uh, help and, and you're playing in October with Major League Baseball, you know, some days in the playoffs we'll have like four or five games. It can actually be a really fun DFS slate. Uh, hit it up there over at EliteFantasy.com. Well, Ray, that takes us to the end. Like I said, our final regular season uh, get-together. But fear not, uh, next week we will have kind of the season recap show. We'll see how Ray did in that labor league. And we may have a few more as we go through the offseason. But still, at least one more. We know that, at least one more podcast when we wrap things up. So uh, thank you for joining us on this edition um, as we lead you, hopefully to a title. Good luck to everybody this week still competing for one. And we'll see you next Monday right here at the Baseball Elite Podcast, courtesy of fantasyguru.com.